We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 John Deere Classic Picks. First look and research and maybe just a mini look at the Scottish Open because that's probably by far the best. I mean, it's not probably. It is by far the best tournament this week is the tune-up to the British Open in a week's time. I do want to let you know to smash the like button to the video. And if you've got a double between the Scottish and the John Deere, give it to me right now. Maybe I'll play it and I'll win tens of thousands of dollars because I could use tens of thousands. Who couldn't use tens of thousands of dollars? So do that. Smash the likes up to the channel. Leave me your double in the comment section. In the description, the listeners league link is down there right now. We fill it very, very quickly. And then all of a sudden we have a lot of rake-free guaranteed money for the British Open, so let's get on that and fill the John Deere one as quickly as possible. If you want to get the best tools, the best stats, and when I'm doing my walkthrough today, and you're going to be seeing it from fantasynational.com, and you do want a bit of a discount, or you just want it for the Open Championship, and maybe try to test it out a little bit this week, here's what you do. You wait until Wednesday, you get yourself a weekly membership at fantasynational.com mayo, you get yourself 20% off, then you get two weeks for the price of one, if you're not filling everything out until Wednesday evening anyway. So that's what I recommend that you do if you're not a member at fantasynational.com already. Some big news this week. We're going to have the Euro Tour show. I believe it's Tom and Axis this week as Sky is on vacation. I think Sky is going to be back for the British Open show in a week's time. Fantasy Golf Degenerates, Tambo. Kenny Kim, live, well, not live, on video on Mayo Media Network. That should be coming out very early on Tuesday morning or very late on Monday evening. And then I got all my shows. Plus, Wednesday, the drop of the fantasy football rankings, one of the most watched shows of the year. Me and Seeley, we're hashing it out. I made the rankings. I also have a huge announcement pertaining to football to make on Wednesday. So a lot's going on. 
So remember to like the like and share and do all that fun stuff. The newsletter is free. That will come out on Wednesday evening as well, filled with a few little tidbits uh, that maybe I didn't get to on the show or discovered later on in the week. Some hot links to all of my stuff and some of the articles that I've been reading throughout the course of the week. But let's jump into it. John Deere Classic was not on the schedule a year ago. So the defending champion is actually Hot Fire Dylon Fritelli, who gained like a thousand strokes putting the last time it was here. And even hearkening back to former winners, I still contend Michael Kim's win the week before the British Open to get him. And there is one spot on the line. If you win the John Deere Classic and you're not already in the British Open, you're going to get yourself a spot. So that's pretty good. I don't know if that means anything, to tell you the truth. I, I mean, there's so many people without an open championship spot in this field that I don't think it's extra incentive for anyone. Guys just want to win on the PGA Tour. Just throwing that out there. I, I never like the narratives of, oh, he really needs it this week. Does he really need it? Uh, I guess if Ricky ends up showing up, I don't know if, is Ricky in the field? Because he's not qualified for the British Open. No, he's not. He might get a late entry if he can't qualify through Detroit. I'm doing this. The round three isn't even over yet as I'm recording this, so probably won't jump into too many of the Rocket Mortgage stats. It's a killer that Jason Kokrak couldn't make a putt all week because he was absolutely smashing tee to green. Yeah, maybe you can keep that going through the British Open. We'll see what happens there. But the field for the John Deere Classic. Berger, Herman has won here before. Streelman, see who? Kim and Sungjae Im are both in the field, and it came out earlier this week that they are both withdrawing from the British Open. That got Higo and Keegan Bradley into the field, I think. They're both focusing on the Olympic Games in Tokyo in three weeks' time, because if they earn a medal at the Olympic Games, they don't have to do their two years mandatory military service. And when you're guys in your early 20s on the PGA Tour and you're making millions of dollars, you probably don't want to go do your mandatory military service in South Korea. So that's why they're going to the Olympics and they're just, they're probably going straight over to Tokyo, making sure that they're properly quarantined, that nothing can happen to them, that they can play. I don't know what the deal with Hideki is right now, who is forced to withdraw from the Rocket Mortgage with COVID-19. He tested positive. It seems like he'll have enough time to play in the British Open, but where that's international travel, I don't exactly know what the UK standards are for quarantine or what you need for vaccination rates, that kind of thing. So just keep, just pay attention to that throughout the course of the week as Hideki might not be a go. I'm guessing he is going to be given the green light to play, but that's all I know for right now is what I'm throwing out to you. Guys in the field, Berger, Harmon, Streelman, C, Woo, Kim, Sungjae, Norin, Henley, The Glove, Werner, and it gets pretty thin pretty quick. Oh, Le- Lebiota, who continues to play well. Seamus Power, who continues to play well. Varner, Aaron Wise. This isn't a coastal course. Troy Merritt, maybe he'll end up picking up a win. Uh, Kevin Na is in the field next week, as is Zach Johnson, who plays every single year. The Gim Reaper, Gim Chi, my guy. He's back. He's playing. Continues to play well, Tita Green. Can't make a putt to save his life. Michael Thompson, Kadira, EVR is in the field which I thought was strange because I thought he was most definitely going to play the Scottish Open. Ryan Moore, like when we think about like your prototypical John Deere classic player, like Stricker, Zach Johnson, Ryan Moore, that type of guy has experienced a lot of success at the John Deere classic over the years. And even like Brian Herman, who I mentioned has won here before I'm trying to see if there's any outlier type names in the field. I didn't see any, but I'll scan it again. Uh, just in case there's a weird one that ends up popping up. Rafa Cabrera Bayo is playing, although I, would have 
most certainly thought he was playing in the Scottish Open. Guess not. Looks like he's going for a PGA Championship win. Uh, Mito Pereira, who ended up missing the cut this week, uh, he's actually in the field for sure this time at the John Deere Classic. So after everyone got so excited about him last week and then he didn't make the cut, maybe now is the time to go back to him. We'll see when we dig into the numbers. And obviously I'll have more opinions as the week goes along after I talk to Jeff and I talk to my guest on Tuesday's DraftKings show. Uh, But that's really it. It's a pretty crappy field is really what I'm throwing out there in terms of the John Deere Classic. And it's the course itself is really no different than what we've seen the past few weeks on the PGA Tour in Detroit. Um, and then at the Travelers, it's going to be a bunch of wedges. Who has the hottest wedges? Who can give themselves the most 15-foot birdie putts? Who can make the most of those 15-foot birdie, put, birdie putts? And you're going to have yourself a winner. Um Maybe Michael Kim can recapture that match. You can see like Bryce Garnett and Pat Perez also still playing pretty well. Uh, and it was the off year in Silvis, Illinois? Silvis, Iowa, I think is where it is. Anyway, it's bent grass greens, hitting the fairway. Pretty easy. A lot of undulations and slopes on these fairways. You're not really going to have a flat lie anywhere. Uh, so you've seen a lot of John Deere Classic winners do really well at Kapalua over the years because it's very similar. Uh, I mean, that course is obviously a lot longer. It's a par 73. This is a par 71. This one only plays 7,268 yards. But, you know, it's a lot of wedges. It's just a lot of hit your wedges close, make a lot of putts. Who can get to minus 25 the fastest? I don't think it's going to be that deep in terms of scoring this week. Although it could be if someone runs a putter hot enough. Michael Kim got to, like, minus 28, which was kind of crazy. You rarely get any wind here. And let's see, who has won Kapalua and John Deere? Stricker, Spieth, Zach Johnson, I think, has won. You just don't see a lot of the... You just don't see a lot of names from the tournament of champions play at the John Deere. Cause it's normally one of the worst uh, tournaments of the year. Easy to average scoring uh, almost every single time. The firmness soft, the medium, like they're very receptive greens. The rough is long, but everyone basically hits the fairway. So it's really not that big of a deal. Let's jump over to the course breakdown itself. Do we have an advantage by doing the wraparound? Not really, because the hardest hole on the course is number nine. The second hardest one is number 18, especially if someone has an air horn in your backswing like Zach Johnson. Then, you know, it becomes even more difficult at that point. The party boats out on the lake. But overall, it's a pretty easy course. Uh, Eagles really available at 2 and 17. There's only three par fives, but a 4% eagle rate on number two and a 2.5% eagle rate on number 17 but most of the field can get to both those holes they measure less than 540 yards so even if you're a shorter type hitter uh, it's really not the end of the world when it comes down to it so no real big deal there Uh, we go down and look you see approach and putting those are going to be your two biggest stats uh, where off the tee leaned a little bit more the past two weeks we're back to approach and putting being the biggest thing if we sort by top five it gets even more pronounced but approach does outweigh putting you can make up for some bad putting with uh, a fantastic approach game and vice versa look if you're going to gain 20 strokes around the green then you probably don't need to hit your approaches all that close par fives is where the majority of the scoring is made up and again all three two of the par fives are eagleable by the entire field and the other one i believe is a three shot par five yeah you see it's only a 32 percent birdie rate on that hole versus a 50% and then a 4% eagle rate, then a 40.5%. So it's a little bit trickier. Still a very easy hole, mind you. It's just not as easy as some of the other ones. You also have this like semi drivable par four, 321 yards. It's drivable, but it's not really eagleable. As you can see, only 0.8% eagle rate. So it's going to take an outlier drive to give yourself an 
a reasonable eagle putt. Maybe you'll drain a long one. Maybe you'll chip it in from in close. Some guys just lay up the entire time. It has a 34.7% birdie rate over the years. We look at the average shot distribution. Like I said, wedges. Wedges and putting is what we're going to get into here. Um, At more difficult courses, you just see so many more shots from 175 to 200 and 200 plus. Here, you're looking at the majority between, or the plurality at least, between 125 and 175, which is a wedge for most of the guys on the PGA Tour. Uh, Five holes from 400 to 450. You have two even less than that. You have a few of the longer ones. And one over 500 yards. That one is number nine. That is the hardest hole on the course. So if you can just tread water on those longer par fours and do all your scoring on like these seven holes in the par fives, you're going to generate birdies an awful lot on the field. Driving accuracy, 72% versus the tour average of 62%. Greens and rag at 71% versus 65%. Scrambling, higher than normal. Three putts, lower than normal. Average driving distance, higher than normal. So again, this is... They're all elements of why this is a super easy course. Let's go back and look at some tournament history and find out how the guys got to where they got to over the years. We sort by strokes gain total. Zach Johnson, Johnson, Wagner. This is how bad we're getting here. And again, there was no tournament in 2020. Ryan Moore, Andrew Landry, and Scott Stallings are going to be your top five over the course. Stallings playing some good golf right now, by the way. Harmon, Martin, Ben Martin, Patrick Rogers. Rogers lost to Bryson, I think, the year that Bryson won to get himself into the Open Championship, his first career win. See, Fratelli's played it once. He's a win. Roger Sloan actually has two top 20s. Interesting for Roger Sloan. So he's going to be a very popular sleeper when he's $6,700 this week. You can probably count on that because the model always likes Roger Sloan. So combine like someone in the 6K range that the model likes, plus they have good course history, then you got a stew going. You're looking pretty good at that point. Michael Kim, three of four guts. Russell Henley. This should be a really good Russell Henley course, like when you think about it. Everything that Russell Henley does well seems to fit the John Deere Classic. He's only played it the one time. He came in second place. I believe we had money on him that year. Didn't cash. Another loser. Danny Lee, third withdraw DQ cut. That's like a, I mean, the last three years has been the real trifecta of Danny Lee type stuff going on. Shank. With the T6. All right. So we'll see this the overall leaderboard for Telly Henry, Landry, Von Taylor, Chucky Three Sticks, Adam Shank, Nick Watney, Roger Sloan, The Glove, Bill Haas, and Wes Roach. This is basically play every jabroni who was good 10 years ago on the PGA Tour week uh, when you fill out your DraftKings line. Don't be afraid to go scumming down into the 6100s because honestly, like Berger is going to be by far the best player in this field. So he's going to be like, $12,000 this week. And then the guys, the rest of the guys in the $10,000 range are going to be like Russell Henley and Kyle Stanley and players like that. So, I mean, they're 71, 68 to $7,100 most weeks. So you probably don't want to bring break the bank on those guys. Actually, Sung Jay will be up there. Sung Jay and Siwoo will probably most definitely be over uh, $10,000 this week. We'll go look at how it was done in 2019. As you can see, Fratelli lost on approach. He was the only player inside the top 25 to lose strokes on approach, and he won the tournament on the heels of 7.5 strokes gained putting and almost five strokes gained around the green. Yeah, like I said, you can make up a lot of strokes uh, around the green 
if you're just, you can just make it up if you're chipping in every single time. Neiman was inside the top 10. Morikawa came fourth. This was back in, I think that was Morikawa's rookie year. See, a very classic Morikawa performance. Bit off the tee, all of the strokes on approach, a little bit around the green, couldn't putt. Make a few putts, you're going to win that tournament. Chris Stroud is up there. Well, Chris Stroud was too good to come back to the John Deere Classic this time. Good God. Who else was down here? Who gained the most strokes on approach? Morikawa, Henley, Glover, Haas, Freddie Jacobson, Adam Shank, Sam Saunders. Hovland played that week, too, and came 16th. Stallings was 18th. Okay. I mean, there's, this isn't really telling me much, to tell you the truth. Like, r- random guy, good players gain a lot of strokes with approach. Here's the Michael Kim here. Uh, that's the year the Molinari came in second. Uh, someone in the community won a lot of money on this event. I think it was Kenny Kim because he played Michael Kim. I'm pretty sure. And then Molinari went out and won the Open Championship the next week. So that is something to maybe go back and look at and not be too scared off about guys that are like Berger who's playing in this event but is playing in the British Open next week. Um, that's just, I mean, look at this. He ran train on this event, 13.5 strokes gain putting for Michael Kim, but he did gain a bunch on approach and off the tee. Like that's, he had a really good week overall. I think in the final round, he was basically like even par. He got so hot that entire time. And he's had a bunch of guys who gained across the board, Ryder, Damon Molinari and Bronson Burgoon, the goons, 6.3 strokes on approach. Pretty good week for him. And Keith Mitchell, HV3, Johnny, uh Johnny Question Marks is up there. I was scoping around on DealDash.com the other day because I've heard that people have saved big money there. And I tell you, what I saw, I almost couldn't believe. They had auctions on a crazy wide variety of quality products, and people were winning them at truly shocking prices. So, here's the question. How much can you save at DealDash.com? Well, that's completely up to you. Some people save 80%. Some people save 90%. Some people save 99%. Really, the only way to find out how much you can save is to visit deal-dash.com today and use promo code MAYO. That's deal-dash.com, promo code M-A-Y-O, in case you can't spell, to see how much you can save. Deal-dash, where deals come true. Welcome to StockX, the only live marketplace for what's now and next. Whether it's the latest sneakers, apparel, electronics, collectibles, or trading cards, everything on StockX is brand new and 100% verified authentic. With StockX, you have the power to shop millions of hard-to-find or sold-out products at their true market value. Discover products that are on trend and ahead of the trends by shopping on StockX. Download the app or sign up online to start buying and selling in a few easy clicks. Start shopping at StockX.com. Access the now. So let's just take a look, take a gander, if we will, at the proximity range game. We don't normally d- jump into the stats all this much in terms of one by one, but I think it could uh, help us out here a little bit. Obviously, Michael Kim gained from fucking everywhere. So, yeah, 150 to 175 seemed to be the range. Everyone inside the top 10. Steve Wheatcroft? Good Lord. 
Everyone inside the top 10 gained from 150 to 175, and everyone besides Harold Varner gained from 175 to 200. Then you'll see some spikes with other players like Varner, although he didn't gain from 175 to 200. He and Michael Kim and Steve Wheatcroft, uh, along with Tower Duncan, were just lights out from 125 to 150. Molinari was the best player in the field from 150 to 175, and then also gained from 125. So maybe the key range should be 150 to 175, really overweight that, and then take a look at at 175 to 200. I want to see if that actually translated uh, in 2019 or if that's just a one-year aberration. This is always the best way to go through and try to take all of the stats in. Like, hey, here's what I see from one year. Let me go to another year to see if that actually, actually translated as well. And you see the 175 to 200 was a bit hit or miss, but Fratelli was just bad from that area. But when you gain that many strokes putting it really doesn't matter. That's the reason that he lost on approach. Everyone else pretty lights out from 150 to five or 150 to 175, and a little bit better from 125 to 150. So I think in the weighting you go like 10 percent, 5 percent, 5 percent. So 10 percent 150 to 175. That's probably the way that I would approach it this week. I can see what I've done in years past when we talk about the stats model. Where are we at? John Deere Classic. Trust it more, it says. Okay. What do we have? Strokes gained approach, 35%. Strokes gained putting, 10%. Birdies or better gained, 15%. Proximity, 125 to 150, 15%. So I'm going to lower that down. Let's call that 7%. And then we're going to add in that other proximity range. I'm basically just overweighting approach as much as possible and being on my way this week. So we'll go 150 to 175, and we'll call that 8%. And that gets us back up to 100. Yes, it does. Par 5's gained 5%. Strokes gained ball striking 5%. I should probably have par 4's in here as well. But screw it. We're not going to do that. We're just going to load this in. This one seemed to work the time before. Let's see what it spits us out here. Obviously, the Rocket Mortgage stats are not included in this right now because that tournament is not over as we are speaking at the moment. So hopefully this still holds up. This is past 50 rounds that I'm looking at right now. No shocker, all the best players in the field are at the top of the modeling. Berger, Streelman, Hanley, C, Woo, Kim, Matthew, the Knights who say, Nee, Smith is also up there. The models love him. He's just so good at approaching. Sucks at everything else. Aaron Wise, HV3, EVR, Lucas the Glove, Piercy, who had a terrible week in Detroit. CT Pan, oh, the Panama. Now we're talking. Stallings, Gim, Lebiota, Norlander, and Shez Revy. Shez Revy broke my heart this week. If he had just made the fucking cut, I would have had so many sixes, sixes. It would have been tremendous. I... Even in the 150, when I played, like, the 50-cent 150, I went full fade on Bryson this week. Didn't have a single Bryson lineup. But then I went overweight on Hideki, so that didn't really work out for me. Stanley seems like someone who could win here, for sure. Uh, if the putting was a little bit better, but just the ball striking has just been so good. And you look at those key proximity ranges, 150 to 175, seventh. 125 to 150, fifth. 150 to 175, seventh. Now, again, that's over the past... Uh, 50 rounds. The best players from that range over the past 50, Bobby Shelton, Berger, Norlander, TPJ, Ted Potter Jr., Siwoo, Gellerman, Stanley, Michael Kim, Shez Revy, and KJ Choi. Mark Anders, Mr. Anderson. There's a guy who likes to make birdies and bunches, as we saw in Detroit. Kevin Na is also up there. That's really his... Oh, I added 150 and 175 twice. I'm such a such an idiot. Let me go X that out, and we'll call that... 175 to 200 because that's what we wanted to look at 
weight that at 8%. I doubt it changes anything, although I had double weighted, so guys that were particularly good from that range got extra weight on themselves. And you always check your numbers when you're going through everything. So hopefully it doesn't shake it up too much. I'm, like I said, I'm doubtful. That would change too much. Yeah, Burger Strowman, Henley, Siwoo, and D. Smith. Yeah, it didn't really change all that much. So we go back and look at it. Who are some like outliers that pop up here? Lingmurth, McNeely. Let's shrink this down to past 12 rounds. And just see recent form in the key stats. Who is doing a little bit better? Using the rolling report can always help out with this too. Maybe we can find someone lurking in the stats that can help us out a little bit. Uh, so the best players are the past 12 rounds. Redmond, Berger, Reavy, Wise, Henley, Power, Harmon, Lebiota, Laird, Norlander, Piercy, Zach Johnson still. You get that course history vibe in you. Danny Lee, Scott Stallings, Kyle Stanley, Ryan Armour, Von Taylor, Patton Kazire, Kadira, C.T. Pan, Perez jumps back up. Vegas is up there. McNeely and C. Wu. McCumber again. McCumber and Bramlett both let me down. And you have, oh, Brant Snedeker is number 32. Munoz, Ben Martin. I wonder if Ben Martin will be like 60 to 1 this week. The odds this week are going to be stupid. Will Gordon, Mark Hubba Hubbard, Malnati, Stricker. I mean, Stricker's like probably a play this week, which is, I mean, he's won here so many. I think he won it three years in a row, but continues to play well. He skipped a PGA event at the Travelers two weeks ago and won a major, I think, on the Seniors Tour. So the best players from that key range, 150 to 175 over the past 12, Henley Berger, Mav, Shez, and Putnam. Let's give Putnam more of a look here. Yeah, I only mentioned him because like when I went to the Scottish stuff, he popped up one of the years. It's like, when, when the hell did Andrew Putnam play over in Scotland? Turned out he had a top five over there. Who knew? Denny McCarthy, yeah, really good from that range lately. Eleventh in strokes game putting. This could be a Denny course if there ever was one. Wise, Duncan, Redman, Rogers, C.T. Pan. Who else rates out really highly in that 175? Berger and McNeely, both great from that range. Reavy and still inside the top 30, so top 10, top 30 from 150 to 175 and 175 to 200. Matthew Neesmith, top 20 in both. Libiota, top 40, top 10. JB, top 45, top 15. Josh Teeter, who was making a little bit of a run early Saturday morning in Detroit. Uh, he's not bad from these ranges either. So oh, that's really all I'm looking for at the moment. Uh, what I wanted to get into now was the Scottish Open, because I think that there's just going to be more interest in that this week, because we're going to take a quick glance at this field, and we're going to see, well, here's a much better field for you. John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, Xander, Rory, Hatton, Scheffler, Fitzpatrick, Horschel, Lee Westwood. So you have 10 guys inside the top 30, and then you also have Will Zalatoris, who's taken off from Detroit and going to play. Fleetwood, Palmer, Burns, Connors, Big Dick, or Little Dick Vic Perez. Higo going from Detroit. Bezadenhout, who had a bit of a blow-up Saturday at the Irish. Hopefully Lucas Bale, my guy, can hold on over there. That'd be a nice ticket. Bobby Mack, Bernd Wiesberger, uh, who won here two years ago. We'll look into that in a second. Ian Poulter, Matt Wallace, Brennan Grace. And you have Wilco and Cantor. Nice to see Cantor back. Stenson, Molinari, Keimer, and Willock. Keimer still needs to play his way into the Open Championship. I mistakenly bet him, thinking that he was in at 150 to 1, but it's the year of uh, like the random guy to come out of nowhere. It really feels like the British Open winner this year is going to be like the most random dude possible. Olison, uh, Chris Wood, Aaron Rye, who won last year's event at the Renaissance course, where this will be contested once again. 
uh, and having a pretty decent week over at the Irish. So don't don't overlook Aaron, are you Jimmy Ray, who wants to know, but actually pronounced Rye, but worked better if his last name was Ray. R-A-I. Interesting. Oh, Wacky Vellamacki's playing. Graham McDowell. See, this field is good. This is a good field. Uh, I'm excited for this one. Apparently, Evier is in both fields, according to this. So I guess he did end up going over. I wonder if that was the same with Rafa. Oh, good good Lord. How Tong is playing. Fresh Eddie Peps. Kurt Kitayama, who had it going badly in a big way. Sunday morning at the Irish as well. Let's just see. Rafa. Where are you at, Rafa? No, Rafa's not playing. So I did want to give a special shout-out to my guy, um... SGT to green on Twitter. Uh, he compiles all of the Euro data, and I asked him if he would throw me the 2019 and 2020 strokes gain data. Uh, and you can just you know hit him up for that. Maybe I'll tag him in it and tweet it out. Uh, he, so he sent me these screenshots of uh, how the strokes gained actually went out. He also shot me a few notes as well and a note about the course this time around. Uh, it's the Renaissance course, third year in a row. It's here. Uh, the Renaissance is pretty firm and fast at the moment. This is from the clubhouse, and the rough is severe in places. There's been very little rain over the past few weeks, but the forecast for this week does not look great. So that will probably soften up the course a bit, unfortunately, he said. I mean, that. For scoring purposes, you can see that Weisberger got super low. I believe he won at minus 23. He got into that playoff because Benjamin Herbert shot like seven under that final day uh, to force the playoff. But you can see approach was really heavily weighted. Not much gaining really off the tee. Not a ton around the greens. A lot of it was just pure approach. Uh, You can see the tee to green leaders mainly off approach were Weisberger, Herbert, uh, Beef Johnson was up there that year. So was Jamie Donaldson, Tyrrell Hatton, uh, who finished. Yeah, minus 22 is the winner. I should have just looked at the fucking thing. Minus 22, one by two over Roman Lagoski. And then you had Stenson, Andrea Pavon, who's basically fallen off the face of the earth. Oh, Nino Bertasio. There's a guy. Andrew Putnam. There he is. Minus 19. Uh, then you had like the Fitzpatrick, Justin Thomas contingent. So a couple of guys have played this in the past and been all right. Uh, but Hatton. And Lorenzo Gagli both gained over two strokes tee to green per round. Uh, that was basically on par with the leaders. Uh, Guido gained a bunch tee to green. Couldn't chip, couldn't putt that week. So nice to see Guido. I don't know if I didn't remember seeing him play or not. For some reason, Matt Kuchar has no strokes gained data, and neither does Justin Thomas. I guess guys that play on the PGA Tour don't get their strokes gained data because it's not put into the system. So that was in 2019. So minus 22 was the winning score. It was really easy that year. Uh, there was really no defense for the course. Last year, in round three, was an absolute bloodbath. Uh, it was basically hold on and survive in round three at the Renaissance course last year because the conditions got so bad. Aaron Rye beat Tommy Fleetwood in a playoff uh, in the 2020 Scottish Open. You can see uh, Fleetwood lost strokes putting. He was the only guy besides Southgate inside the top 10 to lose strokes putting, but he was 3.48 strokes gained tee to green. Southgate was 2.43. So you can see Rye, so basically the 2.5 range, Rye, Tommy Fleetwood, then you had Matthew Southgate. Other than that, it was my guy, Maverick Antcliffe, who is like the... 
I, he's like the Michael Neesmith of the European Tour. The guy, the guy's irons are fucking fantastic, uh, and he just never has any good finishes. He's the the Aussie, so I like throwing some bucks on him. So we can never make a few putts in a round. He's going to be good to go. Higo actually played really well at this course too. One of the tee to green leaders, but he did not putt well. Lost over a stroke per round on the greens and still finished at minus four, which was just outside the top 20. So some of the names that did well last year, Ryan Fleetwood tied at minus 11. You had Robert Rock, Lucas Herbert, going to be a very popular pick if he wins in Ireland this week, going into next week, considering he was T4 uh, a year ago. Marcus Klinholt, I believe he is back. Uh, another Swedish player with amazing irons, if you don't know much about him. Poulter and EVR were both at minus eight as well. Oh, Victor Dubesson! My guy, uh, he's been playing a little bit better as of late, too. Fresh Eddie Peps, who I mentioned. Oh, and Kali Shmuja. Some of the stuff, I got to stop betting guys on the European tour whose names I just really like to say. But how can you go wrong with Kali Shmuja from Finland? It's a pretty good one. David Horsey, Cam's guy. <laughs> Victor Perez, Tong, Bobby Mack. Oh, Junhong Wang. I haven't heard much of him in like the last year, but apparently he was minus six at this tournament a year ago. Who would have thought? Anyway, this is what we're looking at. Um, yeah, Higo, Colsertz, Antcliffe, Scott Jamison, and Thomas Dietrich were the guys from sort of the bottom who couldn't putt, who gained a lot tee to green. Higo and Callum Shankwin uh, and Scott Jamison on approaches were excellent, gained over 1.5 rounds. Callum Shankwin gained over two strokes per round on approach. Somehow only fired a minus three. Let's see why that was. Oh, lost more than a stroke around the greens per round and lost approximately, what is that, 3.3 strokes putting for the week? That's not going to be great. Cole Sartz lost over four for the week, just like Higo. So it's one of these like random events. Um, you know, it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be on NBC. It's going to be early on when you wake up. So uh, I'm actually quite looking forward to the Scottish Open this week, far more than the John Deere Classic. We need to fill that listeners' league for the John Deere Classic. Listen, it's not going to stop me from betting on it or playing DraftKings for it and going through everything uh, like I just did with you. We're still going to be doing our shows, but we're, the primary focus this week is to tread some water, get those numbers up, get the reviews up. So if you can please uh, rate and review the audio podcast, even if you've done it before, uh, we get new reviews into the system and it pushes us up for the British Open, which are going to do huge numbers, but with the extra reviews, we'll get moved up the algorithm, thus making us more discoverable in the Apple podcast system, which would just be very nice. So the more you can share around the show, leave those reviews, tell some friends about it, we'll be good to go. Plus, we got fantasy football rankings coming this week. If you missed any of the division previews, they're all out right now, both on the pod feed and up on Mayo Media Network. And we've got a bunch of new shows coming your way starting Monday. So I hope you enjoy that. I hope you had a great holiday weekend. Uh, ours was on Thursday. I had a great time. I played a great round of golf. Then I went out in essentially British open conditions on Saturday morning. Um, it was freezing cold. It wasn't freezing cold, but it was like nine degrees Celsius and it was windy and it was raining. And I was 23 shots worse than I was at the same course uh, a week before. So that's always fun. Inspiration to all of you people out there. You can go from 84 to 107 real quickly if the conditions are not great and you're real cold and you just get you get that you get golf sads when you're on the course. It's never a great time. And uh, hopefully it didn't happen to any of you people over the weekend. Hopefully you had some great barbecue, got to spend some family time, and maybe you hit the links as well. Smash the like on the way out, rate and review, play in the listeners league and fantasynational.com slash mayo will get you 20% off. I'll be back Monday with Feinberg. Until then, I'll see you next time. Yeah,
experience! Experience!